This is episode number 442 with New York Times bestselling author, J.J. Virgin. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. JJ Virgin is one of the nation's foremost celebrity nutritionist experts, public speaker, and media personality. Her 25 years in the health and fitness industry, the past 10 in holistic nutrition and functional medicine, have earned JJ recognition as the go-to weight loss expert who can unlock the door to lifelong weight management through her sensible no-fail approach to nutrition and fitness. Now, she's worked with some of the biggest performance athletes, CEOs, A-list celebrities from around the world. She's appeared on major media shows like Dr. Phil, ABC's Extreme Makeover, and many others. She's also a four-time New York Times bestselling author, podcast host. Guys, she has done it all. And in this interview, we go a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit deeper, a little bit on a separate topic, but also related to nutrition, the mind, and spirituality. We talk about an experience that is near and dear to JJ's heart. And some of the main notes that we cover are whether the spiritual side of health is as important as the physical side. Also, what JJ learned about her biggest fears because she was adopted. The surprising truth about what is actually holding our health back. The story that inspired this new book she has, where her son nearly passed away, and also why forgiveness is the number one thing you must do if you want to live a happier, more fulfilling life. Guys, this is a powerful interview. Make sure to share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 442, and let me know what you think. And without further ado, let me introduce to you the one and only J.J. Virgin. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash card. Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. 
Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest, JJ Virgin, in the house. Thank you so much for being Yay. here. I appreciate it. You have uh, a new book out called Miracle Mindset, A Mother, Her Son, and Life's Hardest Lessons. Make sure you guys go pick it up right now. You can get it ASAP. Uh, you are a New York Times bestselling author, four-time New York Times bestseller, correct, mm-hmm. of many different nutritional and health-related books. And you're a celebrity nutritionist. You're among many things. And you've been doing it for a long time. And you're looked at as one, long of, the, time. You're looked at as one of the leaders <laughs> in the space. You know, Every book you do is a huge hit. And you heal so many people through your message. But this is a different message. It's not necessarily a nutrition health-related message, although there's a different type of health related to it. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about um, why miracle mindset, why making this transition and what is it exactly about? Well, you know, what's so interesting is it seems like, you know, I've been going down this path and I went, "Er," but the reality is we queried my community a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and we said, all right, if you are not where you want to be in your health, why is it? Now, I expected to hear, I can't give up my cheese, right? <laughs> right, right. Or I'm, it's I like I'm sweets. a sugar addict, right? <laughs> okay, because I mean, come on. Like, I, you know, I'm all about getting rid of gluten and dairy oh. and lowering your sugar impact. So what I heard was blew my mind and not what I expected. Here's what it was. I don't feel good enough. I am not worthy. And I realized that, you know, heck, strategies abound, right? There's mm-hmm. no shortage of strategies on how to lose weight, how to get more energy. Yeah. But if your mindset's not dialed in, if you don't feel good enough, if you don't feel worthy, we're trying to hit a mindset issue with strategies and yeah. we'll fail every time. So in reality, it might look like I've taken this, you know, diversion, but really this has to sit up on top of everything you do in your life, whether you're trying to work on your business or your finances or your relationship or your health. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe you're good enough, if your mindset's not there, you're going to be limited to wherever it is. Right. Wow. Okay. Have you always felt like your mindset's been worthy enough? I've never thought about my mindset prior to this whole thing. You know, so. But you were creating extraordinary results in your business, making multiple seven figures, New York Times bestseller, multiple, you know. Dr. Phil, all these different shows you've been on multiple times. Did you feel- That all sounds really great. Right. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a really great, wow, that's amazing. Who is that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> sure. And the other side of that is I was on Dr. Phil, and when I was on Dr. Phil, I got my own primetime pilot on really? ABC. Wow. You never saw it. Mm. Because I signed the contract, I taped it, and it went in the can. And it took me off TV, and I never saw it. You don't know about my first book, because- it sold a thousand copies. The book before that actually never even came out. I had to give my business partner 50% to leave me alone because he was going to own everything I ever did for the rest of my life. You know, you don't see the near bankruptcies. The reality is it's not the Dr. Phil or the New York Times that gave me the mindset. We don't grow when things are fabulous. That's what we tend to look at. But the things that brought me to those places were all of the challenges that I've gone through every, you know, all through my life. That's what created it. And I never thought about the mindset piece until after what this book was written on, this whole accident where my son nearly died and people went, how the heck did you do it? Mm. You know, and at first I thought, well, it was because I was really healthy, you know, and, but the reality was that wasn't, didn't have anything to do with it. It had to do with my mindset and, and how I decided to show up. Right, right. So what happened with your son, for those that don't know? 
Yes. So about six weeks before the Virgin Diet's coming out. Now, I'll set this whole space. (laughs) (laughs) What's the biggest book launch you're ever going to do? The biggest book launch ever. I I get this book advance. I take the entire book advance. I invest it into launching this Mm. book. And then I go borrow some too. Right. I do a public television special. I have lined everything up because I know that this is my breakout breakout thing. I've been using it, testing it, getting amazing results. This is it, right? So six weeks before, now six weeks before a book launch is mass insanity of all the things you still it's have crazy. to get done, it's right? Crazy. Okay, so it's craziness. And I've got two sons. They're 15 and 16. I'm a single mom. I am the financial support for my kids. My 16-year-old is bipolar, so things can be topsy-turvy. You never know what you're coming home to. And I come home one afternoon, and he is in a bad mood. Now, he'd missed school that day. He'd gone to school and come home because he had a a migraine, Mm -hmm. right, that he'd miraculously recovered from. (laughs) And now he wants to go to martial arts. But the rule is, like, if you couldn't stay in school, you don't get to go to martial arts. So I'm saying no, and he's escalating the situation, and I'm holding my ground. Mm -hmm. And I was actually super proud of how well I was handling this whole thing, because I was tired. So I was like not reacting. He gets madder and madder and madder and storms out of the house. He looks back at me, he goes, mom, I'm not as strong as you think I am. He has nothing. He's got a pair of shorts, t-shirt, no shoes, nothing. Storms out. It's dusk. I look at that whole thing. I think, should I go get him? And I think, "Eh, let him go, walk it off, go to a friend's house. I go into my garage to burst train. Right. And the next thing I know, my 15-year-old son comes running into the garage and says, Mom, Grant's been hit by a car and airlifted to the local hospital. The weirdest thing, it was like I wasn't even in my body anymore. It was like I was watching myself go get my stuff, you know, throw all my stuff into a tote bag. I ran out the door with my 15-year-old son, Bryce, and my ex-husband, and we drive to the hospital. And we're trying to get information as we're driving, but they won't tell us anything because he's a John Doe. We get there. And first of all, they're making us sit in the waiting room and not telling us anything. And everyone's looking very grim. So, you know, we're just sitting there freaking out. Then we get ushered into a conference room. And then the doctors start asking me questions. And finally, like, what was he doing? Why was he barefoot? Why was he out walking by himself? And I'm like, hold it. You know, like, we're not on trial here. What is going on with my son? And they say, your son has been in a serious accident. Hit and run. Remind me to tell you what I found out later about the hit and run. Blow your mind. But hit and run accident. He's got a torn aorta. Now, a torn aorta kills 90% of the people on the scene. Wow. His was hanging on. He said, the doctor said it's like an onion skin. He had multiple brain bleeds, diffuse axonal injuries. He was in a deep coma. It's called a Glasgow 3, the deepest you could be in. He had 13 fractures. In fact, when we were brought in to see him, he had bones sticking through. He had road rash covering one half of his body with glass. I was pulling glass out of him for months. Oh, my gosh. And the doctor said, we can't fix his torn aorta here because we'd have to use a blood thinner. What's, and he just would bleed so out. To swim aware, what's an aorta? So <laughs> this is what's this <laughs> is what's going me. to be pumping your 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 the blood into your heart. So gotcha. no aorta, no Got no it. no blood, no wow. heart. So think of either heart or brain, because that's basically the choice we were given. You can wow. either you can either have his heart or you can have his brain. But we if we don't fix his aorta, you know, he's not gonna have a heart and he's gone. And if we fix his aorta, his brain bleeds out, he's gone. Wow. 
However, <laughs> you know, no good solution. Uh-oh. Yeah. But it turns out that there is a doctor that can do this without blood thinners. Now, you always have to ask the right questions. My ex-husband was a medical malpractice trial attorney. Mm. He goes, well, you know, what are the options? He goes, well, there is a doctor that could do this without blood thinners, but he'd never survive the airlift to that hospital. Even if he did, he'd never survive surgery. And even if he survived both those things, which is so slim, the chance he'd ever be normal, he's going to be so brain damaged. And my 15-year-old listening to this, so he, he goes... So like a 0.25% chance. And <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. And right? All we need. <laughs> and, and the doctor goes, that's right, son. He goes, here's my 15-year-old. We'll take those odds. Wow. And from that minute, I was like, we're in. What are you doing standing here? We're overruling you. Wow. And, and so, and that's why I say, there's the start of it. There's the mindset, the mindset that says, hey, I'm going to go with abundance, not scarcity. I hear 0.25%. I don't hear there's a 99.75% chance he's going, you know, he's dying here. We heard there's a 0.25% chance he's going to make it. We're grabbing that. Right. And so that was the first thing that we did was like, okay, we're overruling you. And, you know, I, I think back to that night because shortly after that, another kid came in with a brain injury to that hospital and died there. And I was trying to reach the parents going, get him out, you know, because so many people will hear that first opinion and go, oh, okay. Instead of going, what are what are all the possibilities? How can we be open to possibilities? So we airlift him. We have no idea if we're going to pick up a corpse, you know, or if we, right. I mean, that was a tough drive. And this, by the way, happened in the middle of the night. So at midnight, we did the we're overruling you step. Now they had to get the doctor to agree. Right. There's like this Call one doctor, and, yeah, yeah. right? They fax the hospital. I'm like, we're really doing this. They get a hold of this doctor. They get a hold of this doctor at 2 a.m. Now, this is all getting set up. The doctor has to now assemble not only his team, because when a doctor, when when another hospital takes on a case, the first hospital gets to go, here, it's all yours, right? Mm-hmm. So this next hospital doesn't know if they're getting, you know, a, a corpse or a, if there's anything they can do. They've agreed to this case because the, the doctor had to get them to agree to the case. Now this vascular surgeon has to assemble his team, the orthopedic surgery team, the neurosurgery team, oh the gosh. critical care team, both for adults and peds. And he had to get the stint that he was going to use. But the stint he wanted to use was part of a study that had been discontinued two weeks ago. So no stints at his hospital. He had to get one flown in from another hospital. Oh and then he was going to use it on my son, who's 16. And it was only approved for adults. Wow. And he said to us later, he goes, yeah, I figured I'd ask for forgiveness. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we could do that life. once he's alive. I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know, so great. And I remember wow. when I walked into that hospital, literally walking in going, you know, you, you want to run in the door and then you don't want to go in at all because you just like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And that doctor walked up to me and he goes, is that your son? You know, and my he, there is full court press going on around my son. There's all these teams working on him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. He goes, I got this. Wow. Don't even worry. He goes, I do this all the time. I had someone thrown off the overpass last week. I fixed him. I'll fix him. Don't worry. You go to the waiting room. I'll come get you. That's nice. I'm like, all right. (laughs) I went up to the waiting room. It's now like 530 in the morning. I'm like, I've got to put my brain somewhere else. I'm writing blog posts. (laughs) Nice. And uh, it's funny. We sat in there for two and a half hours and my ex-husband was wearing a red shirt. He hadn't been wearing the red shirt earlier. He'd been wearing... changed and put that on and drove to the hospital 
my son later goes, you know, when you and dad were in the waiting room, dad was in that red shirt. I'm like, wow. Wow. Yeah. We, we he remembered. He saw us. He left. Mm. He left what he was doing, came over, checked us out, went back over there. Yeah. He's told us a bunch of stuff. I'm like, huh. Mm. I've always been fascinated by the whole near death thing. I didn't necessarily want to like experience it in this way, right. but sure. it is super interesting. Um, so he came through that surgery the doctor came out to tell us everything had gone great. He goes, now, I'm just the plumber. I don't know if I'll ever wake up. That's not my part. Right. <laughs> you can talk to the neurosurgeons. And so it was like, kind of like, we're high, we're back low. And we go in to talk to the neurosurgeons. We're like, uh, you know, he's so brain damaged. And I'm like, you know, I'm not listening to this. I'm just, I'm not going to listen to this. Um, and I went in to see Grant and I stood there and I thought, you know, I, I kind of was standing there going, do I, what do I do? You know, freaking out. You're trying to control all of these negative thoughts because I don't want anything to enter my brain, anything negative, yeah. because, you know, it, it felt like then that would become reality. I've just got to hold on to the positive. And it was funny. I was in there and I get this text from a client and I don't know this person especially well. She didn't know I had kids. You know, I'd been coaching her on nutrition. And this text says, Grant is worried about you. He said, he's going to be fine you need to, you know, be stronger. I'm like, okay. All right. It was just like, it was like, you know, that moonstruck snap out of it. I just went, all right, game on. I looked over and I said, Grant, you're going to be 110%. We've got this. Your name means warrior. We're going to do this. It's going to be the best thing that ever happened. And I just kept repeating that to him. And when we were in the hospital and people would come over and say, we don't know if he's ever going to walk again. I'm like, no, no, no. get him out of the room. You know, I didn't let anyone around who was saying anything negative about him not waking up or not being able to walk. And later he said to me, because I literally, he was in the hospital for four and a half months. He was in a coma for weeks. Now I'm in my book launch. Yeah. Yeah. A month yeah, away. That's now, still going right, right. on too. Yeah, yeah. Book launch is still going on. And I can't postpone that. You know, I remember, you know, someone said, you don't worry about your job. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just go take care of your sweet boy. Your job will be waiting for you. I'm like, mm. no, it won't. I go, not only will my job not be waiting for me, I'll be bankrupt. And as much as, you know, publishers are human, it's a business and this is it. And if I'm not there, that book is going to go. And it affects the rest of your books in the future and your Oh, I'd be everything. done. Yeah. It was, a. Uh, I looked at this and went, here's my son. He's lying in a coma. I'm going to do whatever it takes to bring him to 110%. That's not going to be cheap. Uh, <laughs> I need the money to make it happen. I got to make this happen. Yeah. And so this book launch just got 10 x Like mm. now there is, now I burned all the boats, yeah. you know, I am yeah. taking this island. And I realized <laughs> that there were two things I had to do. Be with my son, third leading cause of death, death by doctor, all the stuff that goes down in hospitals, third really? leading cause of death. First leading cause of death for children, brain injuries. Mm. So I'm like, I'm not leaving here, but I've got to make this book a huge success. So I'd literally sit next to my pictures of me in the hospital talking to him and working on my book launch, you know, just sharing what I'm doing, talking it out. And later he said, mom, the gray man came to the hospital and came down and asked me if I wanted to live or die. And I did not want to live. Mm. He goes, but I kept hearing your voice. Wow. So I told him I would. Wow. I know crazy stuff. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I got very essential. I love that book, Essentialism or uh -huh. and the one thing. And 
I, I'm really bad at doing that. You know, yeah. all of us, too many ideas and all these things you want to do. But, you know, that I, I credit the reason Virgin Diet is a huge success is I didn't have any option. I, it wasn't, I was going to, I wasn't going to try to make it successful. It was like, oh no, this is, this is a lifesaver now. This is yeah. it. Wow. So. Wow. And how is your son now? So it has been a, you would think that the four and a half months of the hospital were the hard part. Yeah. No. 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 The four years have been since then have been the hard part. And um, it's made me realize that I have a way bigger purpose out there in terms of getting information out about brain health. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously it is severe brain injury. Turns out 17 million people a year have a brain injury. Wow. 17 million. Well, think, have you ever hit your head? <laughs> I, I play football. So I hit my head right. many times. Yeah, you know? uh, and so we think about you know football, soccer, volleyball yes. is actually one of the big yeah. sports that's problematic. You know, all of our veterans, anyone who's been in any car accident. Yeah, I, yeah, I was in a car accident where I was hit head on and rear-ended in the freeway, and it cracked my Lexus SUV in half. So Whoa. this was a hard hit, and you know, I passed out, came to, and went to the hospital, and they go, "Okay, well, you know, it's just going to take time." I'm like, just time. When Grant was coming out of the coma, they said, it's going to be ugly. Hmm. Now, I had no idea. I've only seen movies. And in movies, people come out of comas. They look at you lovingly. I love you. So I I thought, like, he'd wake up. He'd go, I love you, Mom. It's not what happens. (laughs) It is not what happens. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there 
too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, 25% of people who have brain injuries try to kill themselves or think about it. Mm. You know, it's it's a major scary thing. The last four years, um, I've committed myself to making them 110% and figuring it out and then getting that information out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Because when someone has a brain injury, it's not just them who's affected. It affects every, oh, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So yeah. he's probably tried to kill himself now 10 times over the last four wow. years. And I have jumped him. We have, and I'm like going, I did not just go through all this. Like <laughs> you are not doing this, not on my watch, you know? Wow. Um, but it's it's like they're a prisoner in their their brain. It's a scary, yeah. scary it's thing. It's challenging. I think I mentioned to you last time we talked. My dad was in a car accident about eleven years ago, and really traumatic head injury. He was in a coma for many months, and never been the same. You know, it's, it's yeah. even eleven years later. I can have a conversation with him. You know, he he has some of the characteristics from the past, but he's just he's not yeah. the dad that I used to you know have. He's a completely different person, and. He needs a lot of care and a lot of help and, and see, isn't think, able to function, you know, mm-hmm. with his words and the way he wants to. He forgets a lot. He has a lot of amnesia, so he can't remember a lot of things. Yeah. He repeats himself over and over. It's just like it's a challenge. Yeah. You know, there's been growth and, you know, I'm so grateful he's still around, but it's also like it's really challenging. Well, you can kill the brain at any time. Mm -hmm. There's so much information that needs to be out there. And I was lucky in that the minute this happened, so I've got ideas for your dad. The minute this happened, I put an SOS out to my community. I'm like, listen, I don't need your sympathy. I need your support. What you got? You know, Daniel Amon's in the hospital with me right away. You know, so I mean, I have amazing resources. Barry Sears was helping me with the whole fish oil thing. Dr. Michael Lewis. I got, you know, I got the guy who figured out the progesterone stuff. They're all, I'm, I'm talking to them. So... I was super fortunate with all of that. Um, he's been doing high dose fish oil. He did progesterone. Um, we've been doing intrathecal stem cells wow. right into his growing his own stem cells, injecting them to his spine. It is waking him up. He mm. his memory he has memories back of when he was three and four years old. Now, like everything is shifting wow. because I'm coming from a place of. I believe that we can fix this and I'm going to make him 110% because yeah. there's things that make him better because of the accent, because now he's empathetic. He's mm. never been a victim, but um, you know, these, these stories that we all have, everyone's yeah. had someone touch with a brain injury and yeah. yes, it can change them forever, but your brain can, you can continue healing at any point. So yes, we've done fish oil. We've done, obviously I was bringing also, I had a Nutribullet in his, in the hospital. As soon as he was starting to show that, you know, he could eat, he actually spit up his own feeding tube. And I was like, okay, I'm all in now. <laughs> I was right. making him smoothies. Um, we couldn't get the hospital to do the fish oil like I want him to. So I just did it anyway. Right. Um, and the progesterone cream, but it's been the stem cells and then neurofeedback, ping pong yep there's been a lot of things that we've done but um the neuro the stem cells have to me the biggest hope mm. and something you well, i'll yeah. share with you after sure, that sure, would sure. be for your dad because honestly um you look at what happens after a brain injury depression anxiety uh memory issues and then you think about the fact that at any one time 50 percent of us have something going on with depression anxiety mm. mood issues 26 and a half percent of people in their lifetime are going to have some kind of mental illness and you go, huh, Mm. 
you know, what is there a correlation here? I think there is. I think we're misdiagnosing head injuries because we, we don't think about it. Um, I just had a, a friend post on Facebook and I I am her. I'm like, um, you've got a problem here. She goes, my husband rolled off the top of the van as they got caught in the beach towel while he was putting the surfboards up and mm. he not got knocked out. Then he was talking kind of nonsense, but we took him to the hospital and they said, he's fine. He doesn't have a head injury. I'm like, of course he has a head injury. Yeah. How could he not have a head injury? Wow. Right. Crazy. So, but these are the things that we need to treat. Yeah. We need to teach people that no, it's not just about time. Right. Yep. And you know, yes, there's tons of things you can do and you can do it forever. Because everything keeps healing. Mm-hmm. So That's your true. dad's still got, there's yeah. still a lot of stuff that you yeah. can do. And he's doing a lot better, your son, after four years. I mean, you've been through a so, lot. So, yeah. So I will tell you that some things he's 110%. There are parts of him that were better than before the accident. Hmm. He's more empathetic and nicer. He's never blamed this woman. There was, he got hit. Um, this woman hit him, got out of the car, gasped, got back in the car and drove off. She was probably scared. and uh, Yeah. And, you know, people are like, did you find the woman? And it's one of the parts of the miracle mindset is forgiveness. And I go, I never focused on that. I had to focus on saving my son. And I go, and I don't know, like, okay, she shouldn't have driven off. But I don't know. Maybe she had kids at home. She was like, I have no idea what her situation was. It didn't matter. She saw another person pull in to protect him. And I don't know who who was at fault here, and nor does it matter. It's like, this is where we're at now. She's got her own life to deal with. Yeah, he might have ran in front. Who knows what happened? Never we'll never know. know. Never know. No one saw it. Because he's not. You know? He, doesn't, he doesn't, remember. doesn't remember. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. And so, even if you didn't know who she is, doesn't, what, what's going to do for you? you know, yeah. I, it was interesting because when I was in the hospital, um, my ex-husband called and said, okay, they found the woman. And all of this really? stuff came up oh like this mama bear stuff i was like where is she you know and i was like <laughs> and then and that's when you know you kind of realize i've got to work on this forgiveness part because if you are you've got to actively forgive people it doesn't just happen of okay i'm not going to focus on that i'll focus on saving my son i had to go back and forgive her i had to forgive my son for going and doing that i had to forgive myself for not stopping him you know there's a lot of forgiveness that had to go on just to be okay with all of that stuff and it, you can't just put that in the closet. Is there anything you haven't forgiven yet? You know what? I've got a lot of stuff I need to forget. <laughs> I went, so our buddy Dave Asprey. Yes. Last two summers ago, he, you know, strong armed me as you know, he can be so bossy. Yeah. He said, JJ, you have to come to 40 years of Zen because he saw um, what happened from all of this is I got some pretty bad PTSD, right? As one mm. could imagine. And um I, nothing was giving me joy. I hit, I got the virgin diet. It became a New York times bestseller. And then I did three more books and I didn't even, I forgot I even did it. Someone said, what did you do? Cool. In the last six months I go, nothing. Right. I totally even, I mean, it was just, nothing was like, I just was mm. flatlining and he goes, you're coming to this thing. And I'm, it was, it was a week um, of neurofeedback. You stick things in your, your hair, like those guys were all lucky. None of them. I was with Joe Polish and Vision. Mm. I'm like, no one else has to deal with all this. Right. You know, <laughs> St- you had to stick electrodes in your head, and you literally were down in these chambers. And they didn't tell me what what it was when I was going. I just like, all right, I'll be there. And it turns out you work through forgiveness because the fastest way to raise your alpha and to be more creative and to be happier is to forgive. Because mm-hmm. if you're angry, it will just smush your joy. Absolutely, that's a scientific term. And so as I'm going through this first couple days, 
working on forgiveness, I'm thinking, I'm going to be here all year. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's been a lifetime This is a peeling of onions because you go, okay, well, I need to forgive Grant. Well, then I got to forgive this woman. Well, I got to forgive myself. But then we've got to go back to everything that led up to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kept going back further and further and further. And Dave's one of my very best friends. And I'm going, you know, I think I need to forgive my birth mom. And he goes, you think? I think you might even need to go back further. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, okay. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's. I think that's an important point to bring up is forgiveness is a process that you're never done with, you know? Mm-hmm. And because uh, there's stuff that comes up all the time. Absolutely. And I kind of check in. I was really mad at someone for a couple of weeks and I just, I was like, you know how to go through this forgiveness stuff. Let this one go. Like, And it's not a matter of just going, oh, it's fine. You have to actively forgive someone. You have to go through and feel all the reasons you're so upset with them and then step over to their side and go, all right, let's look at it from their side. Let's be them for a minute, which is huge, hugely eye-opening. And then find the gift in the whole thing because there's always a major gift. You know, yeah. you're not going to grow when like everything is perfect. Right. That's true. Wow. I'm curious about um, what do you think is the misconception around people who have life-altering event, events or experiences? You know, you've went through one with your your son. I've been through one with my with my dad. For people who haven't been through one, what do you think they? I guess their their misconception is around it. Their misconception. So, biggest thing people have said to me since Grant got hit is, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And I look at it and I go, "Well, he didn't die, right?" right? You know. Um, and I think that our misconception on anything, whether it's that. Or just a really bad thing happening. So let's say that someone, you know, you were bankrupt or you went through a divorce, anything like that. What if we flip that to being, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. I will be better because of this. I'll be a better person, a better father, a better husband, whatever it is, right? You know, there's always something in there. And in, and in the moment, I mean, heck, in the moment with Grant, I was scared to death. When we were making that decision that we were going to overrule those doctors, I stood outside at the hospital and um, I just got totally present, which has never been very easy for me to do. I just stood out there. It was, you know, now like 11 o'clock at night and I just stood out there and listened and I went, Grant, what do you want me to do? Because here was my big fear. Overrule the doctors, go charge in there, be, you know, bossy, tell them what they're going to (laughs) do. Have no problem doing that. (laughs) <laughs> and he is a vegetable right. or he is so damaged. And, and I went, well, I want to do what's going to be best for him. You know, that's the whole, what do I do? And I just stood out there and got quiet. And it was, it was funny. I was describing it to um, this guy, Roz, who founded Hoffman Institute. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, you had a divine experience there. That I was like, it was, you know, cause I just stood out there and it was like, just like lightning bolt of boom, save your son. And I'm like, I marched and I'm like, that's it. You know, this is what we're doing. It was like, I knew exactly what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But there are still times along the way I would sit there when he came out of a coma, he was staring off into space. He was staring sideways. I have pictures. You can see that no one's home moving his arm back and forth for days. And I'm thinking, uh Oh, mm-hmm. is this what I, what did I do here? You know? So 
I had to so manage all of that fear. And that's why I just held on to the hope, you know, and and so if you say, okay, my plan is he's 110%. And here's what I'm going to do to do that. And every day you look for any little win that tells you that you're going in the right direction. And sometimes it was a very small win. Yeah, you know, he uh, wrinkled his nose. I mean, there was not for months and months and months, years, any sign he was going to be 110% at all. Mm-hmm. but I just figured, you know what, I'm going to go with 110% because if I make it to 80, I win, yeah, you know, absolutely. and, uh, and we're already past 80. I, I we, we kind of go between 90 and 110 oh, right now. Um, and there's some really bad times, but they're few and far between compared to the really good times. You know, there's bad times with people who are healthy. I know. You know what I mean? It's like there's horrible times with people who have the brain <laughs> and everything figured out. You know what I mean? So it's all good. You know, we're never going to be perfect. I'm curious, though. You you know, you've been teaching nutrition and physical health for many years. And now you have this experience of kind of like this spiritual, mental health experience. What did you learn about um, from this process? And and is the spiritual side of well-being just as important as the nutritional and physical side now for you, or has it always been that way? Um, I haven't ever paid attention to it before. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talked about mindset, it just was who I was, and I never really looked at how you developed that. And I think the reason that I'm very left brain, yeah. so I think the reason <laughs> I always focused on nutrition and, and exercise was they were so measurable. Yes. It was so obvious. I could draw out an Results. algorithm. I knew exactly your labs are this. It. You need yeah. to do that, you know. And all of a sudden uh, people are going, well, how'd you do that? And I'm like, uh. And, and then as I was going through this, I went, could I teach this? Like, is there a way to help someone develop this mindset? When, mm. Once we know that you're not in a fixed mindset, you're not a victim, that life doesn't happen to you, that you can be responsible for your life, control it, build it, create it because of your mindset. Then the next question is, can you make that? Can you build that? Is it like a muscle? So that's, I decided, okay, let's, let's say that mindset's a muscle. You can develop it. So what is it exactly? Cause I have to measure everything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So can I actually you create, it? yeah. Can you measure it? And so then I broke it up to what were my attributes that I saw in me. And then I started going around, like when we interviewed you and mm-hmm. we interviewed just a group of people, I look and I go, okay, you're doing amazing things. And here was the common denominator. Every single person I know in my life who's doing amazing things has gone through some crap. Yes. Every single one of them, all of them. And as I went through, I went, what are the common attributes? Things like abundance-minded, right? Courageous, resilient. So I just built all of those up. And then I created a way to to evaluate them. Mm -hmm. Because that's my little left brain can totally deal with that. And then I took a group of people through it. I want to see, could I train this? And here's what's crazy, because it's like, all right, you know, because I never saw myself, I, I, I'm sitting here doing this and, and selling this PD book, and I'm like, but I'm not a personal development person, I'm mm-hmm. a nutritionist. And, <laughs> but, but in reality, aren't we all personal development teachers, all of us mm-hmm. at any level, right? A mom is a personal development teacher. Yeah, So, absolutely. you know, so I'm taking this group through this. And this has never happened, by the way, when I've taken people through a diet program, you see people have amazing results, and it does impact all the other areas of their life. But this is the first week of a coaching call. And we're going through this first exercise to build resilience. And this gal gets on and she goes, I want to do that, but I can't. And I go, okay, why not? What's in your way, right? She goes, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy. 
And I go, well, if you were worthy, if you did feel that way, what would you say about yourself? And she goes, well, people wouldn't believe it, but I am smart. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, okay, that sounds good. What else? You know, and she starts listing out all these things about herself. And I'm putting it on our Facebook group page, you know, Angel is smart, Angel is kind. And then I put an Angel is worthy. And all of a sudden, all these people on this call are on this page and they're putting it angels worthy angels were, and I'm mm. watching this my team and I've got some big guys you know <laughs> are crying they're yeah, crying yeah. in the office right and I'm going wow because uh, I had been leaning away from this and I tell people if something's scary that's where you need to go mm-hmm. like if it's not scary you're not playing big enough and this has scared me to put doing this scared me terrified me nutritional you can do all day yeah yeah it's easy. And that's why, honestly, why am I doing this? Because it terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And I know I have to. And I see the difference in people when they do this. You you go through and up-level your mindset. You can go take on your health. Right. You know, you can, you can go change your business. You can mm-hmm. get a better relationship. All those things are going to uplift. But you don't fix your mindset and you have a... a fixed mindset that believes that you can't do it, that life happens to you, that you're the victim, no amount of our great strategies are going to do a thing. Right. 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 So what's it come down to? Worthiness first? Is that kind of the foundation of what you teach is how to build that or building the confidence or? So I actually, what I do first is measure again, because I'm, I'm always evaluating. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just start them. I have seven lessons that go along with the lessons in the book. And again, yes. it was like when people started to go, how did you do this? My first response when people were like, how were you able to do that? I go, well, I was really healthy when I went into the hospital. Yes. First, <laughs> and I was, I mean, anyway. I went in physically and healthy, yes. I was super physically healthy. I was under ridiculous stress. So I decided that my self-care came above everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people, they're looking going, well, that's so selfish. I go, it actually was the most selfless thing I could do because you don't go into the ICU if you're sick. Right. And so I went, you know, if I'm going to be making life and death decisions and I'm going to pull this out, I cannot even have a sniffle. This is, I'm going to take, so I was getting my eight to nine hours of sleep. I was burst training in the hospital stairs. I had friends sending in food. I was on it, right? Wow. I totally nailed that stuff. And at first when people said, how did you do it? I go, oh, I was super healthy. And then when I realized no, that was not case at all it was the decision above that Mm. and then I went well what how would I take someone through this and so it's really taking them through a series of lessons and looking at each of those things how do we move from a scarcity mindset to abundance mindset you know how do we how do we um I actually have a really crazy exercise that I take people through that someone took me through I had a mentor in my 20s that had me do this silly exercise Mm -hmm. and uh so she has you take out a sheet of paper and write down everything you want. Okay, and fill it up. Like physical so, things or achievements or physical things. So I want or, I want, you know, this car. She says, I don't care, you know, just a house, a be car, materialistic. Boat, whatever, yeah. uh, you know, what kind of vacations, jewelry, shoes, everything, write it all down, fill up the paper. And I still remember sitting in this room. I remember where I was writing it down. And I remember the things I wrote on there. I wanted a teal green jaguar. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a condo in Maui. And I thought I was like thinking huge, big, big, big. big. Okay. So then she says, all right, so tell me what's on your list. Right. And we're, there's a bunch of us in here, but she, I was, she was Uh my mentor. So I'm like listening out. She goes, oh, that's, that's great. That's great. (laughs) I, so I just have a a question for you on the, on the Jaguar. So, um, why just one? And I said, well, I don't need more than one. She goes, I didn't ask you what you needed. 
She goes, so that condo in Maui, like, why just a condo? And I go, okay, I'll take a house. She goes, well, why did you want a condo? She goes, well, I, you know, I don't need that much. She goes, no, this isn't about what you need. Just why not the house? And I go, okay, house. She goes, well, why not like Maui? Just take, you know, and it was like crazy when you start to realize that we limit ourselves every, so we always do it, mm-hmm. right? So just that way of starting to go, huh, am Even I? With physical possessions, yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's just, that's just a sign of exactly, it. I mean, if you yeah. do it in one, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, mm-hmm. right? But I'll tell you that to me, and I always look at this, this is going to be my, my vegetable analogy because in health, I think, gosh, so many things would just get better if people would just get a good night's sleep and eat more vegetables. Right. A lot of stuff gets better. You know, we're so worried about, am I getting enough of this micronutrient? I'm like, eat your vegetables, right? right? Gratitude is to vegetables, you know, right? It's like gratitude. We think of vegetables for health and gratitude for personal development. You want to get more resilient. You know, you want to change your life. The best thing that you can do mm. is start every single day in gratitude. And when I looked back and went, what helped me get through all of this stuff in the hospital? The biggest thing was making sure I had my morning routine dialed. And every day it was get up and what are my things I'm grateful for? Three things, write them down. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. And find something, right? right? Find something. They're like, I don't have anything. I'm like, you're awake. You're alive. You know? Yeah. Your eyes are open. You can do it. Yeah. So, so those are some of the things I've built the lessons, but that was the big question mark is, could this be teached without you having to go through all this stuff? Right. But here's the other thing is you never know when this stuff's going to happen. Never know. And are you ready? And how do you get ready? Well, you have to lean into fear. You have to, to do things that scare you. You have yeah. to get out of your comfort zone. So, and you know, you have to actively pursue that. Otherwise you won't which is why I think it's great to have coaches and support communities that all cheer you on from going and doing the hard things. Cause in life we tend to shy away from doing the hard things. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in the book you have all the examples of how to build this mindset and all these different lessons. Correct. Right. Okay, cool. Um, I want to ask a few more questions before I, f- I finish with the final few. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Uh-oh, that they the don't? final few. Yes. Before I ask the final few questions, is there a question? You didn't warn me about the final few. <laughs> Before I ask them, is there a, is there a question that uh, you wish people would ask that they don't? Hmm. Yeah, you know, what I'd love to be asked, because I think that there's a perception uh, when you look at someone and, you know, you sat down, you said, okay, you've been on Dr. Phil and, and mm-hmm. you've got these books and it looks like it's been easy. And, 
you know, that you just kind of roll through and go jump on a TV set or write a book. And, and I, what I want people to see is the struggle. Because I think when we just see that, and then we're not there, we all judge ourselves and go, well, I could never do that. Look at they just like plop those books out. They just got on that TV show. And, you know, we're all scared, and we all struggle. And so I think that's the big thing that I'd I'd like to pull up more in interviews is what, Mm. you know, what's scary and, you know, what's the struggle? Okay. Well, what's scary and what's the struggle (laughs) right now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I've really looked at a lot of what's been super important. And I was just talking to my fiance about that. And I go, you know, there's not a lot of things that scare me. Um, you know, you can take all my money away and I'll go work and do it again. And I don't need to have a whole bunch of fancy stuff and, you know, don't take my shoes away. But, but, um, what, what would scare me is losing the people around me who I love. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the big one. That's the big one. And so what's the struggle really is, um, I am an adopted kid and, you there's a thing with adopted kids and I've I've never really wanted to talk about it because I always thought Mm. it makes me sound like a whiner like I'm ungrateful because you know when you're an adopted kid back when I was adopted my parents had to really fight for it to get to be able to adopt a child they actually matched you but Mm. my birth mom gave me up for adoption she was engaged my birth father and he wanted her to drink quinine and abort wow Thankfully, she said no, and she went to a a home for unwed mothers in San Francisco and gave me up, and then they put me into a foster home for six weeks. They made you have a holding period. I'm like going, well, that's the worst plan ever, like six weeks of limbo for a baby during that most important bonding thing, Wow! and then put me into um, this place with my adopted parents who have done the best they can, but I'm so not, there's just not that there's never been that bond, mm. you know, it's like that bond. So you grow up feeling unloved and unworthy, right? Wow. You know, and it's like, so that's the biggest thing. When I came down to like, when you start to look at what you want in your life and then you go, well, why do I want that? Why do I want that? Why do I want it? And you can dial it all back. I was like, ultimately why I want all these things is you just want to be loved. Yeah. And so actually you don't have to do a whole bunch of that stuff because it's not so important anymore. Mm-hmm. You can just go. Be loved. Be loved. <laughs> yeah, love and be loved. <laughs> it's so much easier. Wow. <laughs> love people and let them love you. <laughs> I didn't know this about you. Well, do you know your parents? Yeah. Have you have you met them or no? So yeah, I met my birth parents. Um, I got rejected again. Wow. So not once but twice. So um, mm. yeah, my ex-husband reminded me of that. I have a super great relationship with my ex-husband. But I, I went and sought out my birth mother because how could you not want to know? Of course. And again, my, my adopted parents, have, you know, were great parents, mm-hmm. tried hard. Um, and they were open about it from They were open and- about it. They always told me about it. You know, and it's funny because the big, the big fat lie to adopt kids is that you're so special because more people wanted you. I'm like, no, not really. Your uh, mom, like, I'm a mom. You, as clearly as you've seen, you would have to kill me to take my kids away. <laughs> like, I will do whatever for them. Sure. And I mean, that's just in our DNA. So, you know, when you've got someone and I know, I know, because I went through the forgiveness protocol, because Dave's like, yes, I think we need to go there, you know, of what it was like for her to be a scared, unwed mother who was engaged to this guy who now wants her to abort and she doesn't want to give me up to his crazy mom. And so, hey, she did the best she could do. 
And now I've really fully like all of a sudden I was like, okay, I forgave her. I forgave him, you know, my mom, everybody. Mm. Um, but I met my birth mom and, and I met my birth dad and he made me take a paternity test and, uh, 99.999. I'm like, wow. okay, we'll do this. Um, how old were you? I was 25. Wow. So my birth dad had never told his wife. He was still in love with my mother. That made oh it kind gosh. of weird. Because when I met him, he's like, oh my gosh, you're just like her. And, and I'm like, okay, stop it. But um, he married a debutante, like Miss Oregon. Mm. Just the kind of person who's not my type of person, you know. Mm. Um, and they lived in a little... They're very provincial. They'd never really left Oregon. They yeah. literally white picket fence. Right, right. So, and I like show up. <laughs> it's like, uh oh. Right. He goes, I never told her about you. I'm like, oh. well, you know. Um, so that was that was wow. the problem. Wow. Um, yeah. So I met everybody, but there was no. It's not like they're your family. They're not right. your family. You know, when people talk, your real parents. Your real parents are the people who had to deal with you growing up. Right. Those are you your whining real parents. And the whining and, yeah. and crying. You know, those are your parents. Sure. These people were my uh, biological parents, but they're not my parents. Mm-hmm. So, wow. so kind of puts you as like, there's really no place for them, but mm-hmm. you know, it just. What's the biggest lesson you learned about your biological mom? What's the biggest lesson she's taught you throughout your life, whether she's told you something or not, but something you've learned that's been powerful um, to you? You know, she taught me by not doing, and it's it's interesting because I believe that, you know, sometimes negative role models can be the most powerful of all. Mm-hmm. I understand now that she gave me up because that was what she believed to be the best thing. I still think it, whenever possible that birth kids should be with their birth families because there's mm-hmm. this genetic... I mean, when I met her, I got off the plane and looked at a woman dressed just like me, wow. same taste, same... I am... I grew up in a very like Ward and June Cleaver family with parents who golf and dad mm-hmm. who has a job waiting for a ship to come in, you know, just very, very unlike me. My dad is a massive entrepreneur. My mom is a scientist and her whole family are athletes. His family are models. It was right, like, right. you finally met your tribe. Right. <laughs> and so, um, but it was funny when I met her again, she was very judgy and mm. you know, the one thing At that 25, you, when you were 25. Yeah, or? she was just kind of judging who I was and how I wow. was. And it was interesting to see because I'm a parent and I may not love all the choices my kids make, although it's rare that I have issues with them. But I mean, they might do things I disagree with, but I love them unconditionally. Mm-hmm. That will never change. And so it was interesting to see that because I was like going, you know what? I think that the most powerful gift you can give your kids is the gift of, incondi- of con- unconditional love. That's That was the big lesson that I learned with this. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Um, okay. Well, thank you for sharing and letting me know that that's what you want people to ask you about. There you go. Um, well, now they don't have to because they heard the answer. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, is there anything else you wish people would ask you? Hmm. Um, no, I'm now totally nervous about this speed round thing. Okay. Well, yeah. So a few final questions. You'll be great. This is called The Three Truths. And it's many, many years from now. You've written however many New York Times bestsellers. You've achieved everything you want to. Uh, and um, anything on the list of dreams that you write down now, you make happen. You have this abundant lifestyle. Anything you want, you create it. And it's the last day for you, many, many years. And for whatever reason, 
all your books have been erased, all your videos, all the work you've put out there is gone. And it's the last day, and your whole family's there. And some great-great-grandchild walks up to you and gives you a piece of paper and a pen and says, we don't have anything physical to remember ourselves or be remembered by you. Um, can you write down three things you know to be true of all the lessons you've learned, of all the experiences you've had, of all the people you've met? What are the three things, the three truths that you would leave behind? And this is all we would have to remember from your three lessons. Lesson one has to do with integrity. So I've always lived as if anything I do, you could publish in the paper that I'm being true to myself, my message. So live with integrity. Number two, you know, put your family and your loved ones above everything else. They are your, mm. your biggest gift. Um, and number three, forgive as quickly as possible. Mm. Those are great. Thank you. I want to take a moment, JJ, to acknowledge you for forgiving all the people in your life and for developing this incredible mindset because the things that you've learned and the things you've been through have been challenging, but they're creating so many blessings in the world for so many people. So I want to acknowledge you for the gifts you have and your creativity, your hard work, your overcoming all these challenges and also for showing up differently now than you ever have because of this struggle that you went through. So I want to acknowledge you for all your incredible gifts and I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, there is uh, one final question I want to ask you before I do make sure you guys pick up the book. It's called miracle mindset. Go grab it right now. More lessons on how to have this abundant mindset and to really overcome challenges in your life. So make sure you guys pick it up. Final question I want to ask you is, what is your definition of greatness? It's pretty simple. Leave it better than you found it. That's the big thing I strive to do when I, when I leave this planet, is I want to make sure I've left it better than I found it. There you go. Good Thanks for coming on. Appreciate Thank it. Thank there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, make sure to check out the full show notes, lewishouse.com slash 442. JJ has had an incredible career, but this is her most powerful work. Make sure to check out the book. Again, you can get the book at lewishouse.com slash 442. There'll be a link to where you can get it, or you can get it in bookstores, wherever you're at. Uh, in the USA. Make sure to connect with me over on social media at Lewis Howes on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and post a picture of you listening to this interview, whether it be on the iTunes or SoundCloud or just you listening to it anywhere in the world and tag me at Lewis Howes over on your Instagram story and I'll make sure to reply to you over there if you tag at Lewis Howes. I'm so glad you decided to take some time today and listen to this interview. Again, please share it with your friends if you know anyone that this would inspire or help along their journey. lewishouse.com slash 442. We've got some incredible guests coming up, some huge people who I want to introduce to you and bring to light their story of how they've overcome some extreme tragedies, how they overcame being broke and broken down, and how they were risen to the top. The actions they took, the strategy they took, the mindset that helped them get there. We're bringing it all to you on the School of Greatness podcast. And I am so pumped that you are part of this powerful community. 
Guys, it keeps growing and growing. Every single day, we are infecting the world with positivity and greatness in people's hearts. Get ready to take your life on in a whole new way. Get ready to attract the people in your life that you want to support you in achieving your financial goals, your relationship goals, your intimacy goals, all these things. It's coming, but you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to prepare for greatness. If you are prepared, you don't have to get ready at any time because you're always ready. You're always setting yourself up to win. You're always setting the stage. You've got the habits in place. You've got the learning in place, the mindset, the relationships, the team. You are ready. You don't have to get ready. And the School of Greatness podcast is giving you the tools you need to stay ready. My friends, thank you so much for being here. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. 
And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.